So now I'm the castrated me. I'm just sure. totally like, what do I, now what do I say? I guess that wasn't it. And then I start backpedaling. Well, I don't, you know, I don't know. And I have, you know, I'm doubting. What, what do I, what do I say? And, and he's like, get it out. Start, you know, tell me what's going on here. And he's leaning into me. And I'm like, okay, I'll be honest. This is me. I'm honest. That's how I roll. I said, I'm feeling like I'm in a cult and I don't want to feel that way. And I would like to get rid of that feeling and, and be fully engaged in this group. Yeah. And he exploded. That's Bart Lilly sharing the time when he finally confronted the dysfunctional leader of the church community that he and his wife Jenny had joined in North Carolina almost 15 years ago. And as we heard yesterday, it got worse. They threw Bart out of the group. And where we left Bart in his story yesterday, the group came and got four-month pregnant Jenny and put her into a car and took her. She was gone. We'll hear the rest of what happened today, but here's the thing. I have known Bart Lilly for seven years. He didn't tell me this story until about a year and a half after we first connected. It's still hard for me to hear and to believe that this happened to Bart and Jenny. But it did, and it had a profound effect on them. We're looking at rites of passage all this month, and believe it or not, Bart and Jenny's story leads to a beautiful rite of passage moment for their daughter, Anna. This is Flatirons Men's Community Pastor Dan Foote, and this is Wake Up Call, the Flatirons podcast for men. So I head out, and I start to drive back to the apartment, and um, but my friend is right there driving his car ahead of me. He's ahead of you going yeah. to your place. Yeah, and I'm kind of... And this is the Orlando friend? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're all in this. We're all drinking the Kool-Aid. Um, we get to... I get to the apartment, and um, Jenny's already had a phone call, and she's on the phone uh, as she's walking out of the apartment. And my two friends, actually, from Orlando were there. Um, one of them comes up to me and says, Bart, no, just let it go. Let her go. And, and she's um, leaving the apartment. She's got a bag, and she's going with the other friend into the car. Um, and, uh, and my f- friend says something like, it's just, this is all, don't worry about it. This will pass. We'll get through this, you know. Um, Did you and Jenny have any communication? We looked at each leaving? other. That's it? it. What was the look on her face? Uh, she kind of couldn't believe it. She was, uh, I think, kind of confused, but then she didn't want to look at me in the eye. Hmm. She would look away and got to the car and, and off she went. And, and so I slept, on, I slept in my apartment alone that night. And I was like, now what? And I'm like, okay. God, what are you doing? I don't ex- didn't expect to get here yeah. alone, you know. I, I and uh, is it the at next this point? Are you going? Maybe I, God isn't in this. No, or you still you're so still in deep in. into this. Yeah, we're still in it. And so God, um, so and I wake up the next morning. I get a phone call from. Son, son-in-law, 
he says, just to be real clear, don't come back to the restaurant, to our community. You're until until there's some change in you, you're you're no longer part of this. He didn't give any parameters what that change no. would look like. Just said there's no. be a change in you. No. And uh, and so I was like, okay, I guess. And so Jenny's now staying in the guest room of our friends from Orlando. Um, and uh, then I get a phone call later that day from Jenny. And she says, uh, I don't want you to call me. Mm. I don't want to see you. I don't want to be with you until this gets straightened out. And honestly, I agreed. I'm like, okay, I'm with you. Let's get this figured out. You know, I want a better marriage. And evidently I'm not what I need to be, which is true, but I need to change. And when I change, we'll have a better marriage and this is going to work out. Hang up the phone. And I wouldn't talk to her for another eight months. Eight months. She's four months pregnant with Anne, Anna. Mm-hmm. And you don't talk to her for eight months. Right. Talk to her or I know you're not seeing her. Right. So you didn't even talk to her. Nothing. W- what did you do in those, in those eight months? I hated life. <laughs> did you stay I there and live in that apartment? Yeah, and- I did. I stayed in the apartment. Ironically, um, one of my other, one of the friends, the Orlando friend, um, one of them also got kicked out. And so he ended up in my apartment as well. But we were both, we both had this sense. The heretics lodge there. And, yes, yeah. totally. We had this sense that um, we could get back in. Like, it was going to blow over. Like, they were going to call and they were going to say, hey, God has said it's time. You're, yeah. you're back. Whatever work you've been doing, it's paid off. Come on back. And, and so we're like, great. That's what we're waiting on. We're waiting for that phone call. Um, for them to let you back in. Right. And there was a sense too that they, uh, they communicated to us that they had a sense like God would, like the son in law, the mom, they were, they had some kind of like direct red line, hot phone, you know, they had some kind of red phone yeah. hotline to God that said, yeah, Bart's doing okay now. You can let him back in, that kind of a thing. Right. And so I remember my friend and I, one day we went out in football season. I'm a, I'm a fan of the Lions, unfortunately. He was a Cowboys fan. We went to watch the Lions versus the Cowboys. And it was one of the first things that we had done together, kind of like even sort of socially, even kind of having fun. And my phone rings during the the game. And I don't know who it is. And so I go answer it. And as I'm walking out, my friend's like... This is in your apartment. No, we went out out to a a restaurant, you know, something like that. And... Um, my friend's like, oh my gosh, it's, it's the group and they're calling and they, they're letting him in and they're not letting me in. And I share that because that was the paranoia that we were living with 
And we still had this sense of there's no, we are not talking to our family. We're not talking to our friends. I was utterly alone. I was literally alone. Um, and uh, one of the benefits of being out of the restaurant, if there was one at this point, was that I actually had to get a real job. And I actually get back I mean, into real life. Yeah. So um, back to reality. Yes. And so I made a job. I had got a, got a job that actually paid me money. Um, and then out of that, I was able to support Jenny. And I would send a check mm-hmm. through her. There was always a middle person. Like I could never talk to Jenny, communicate oh with her. I would, I would have to meet with this other middle guy and he would give the check to her and messages back to me, whatever. So what propagated you getting back together after the eight months? So it was, it went, it was Anna's, Anna's birth was a big part of that. Yeah. So that happened. I wasn't around, obviously. You were not there for her I birth. I was not there. I was working. It's, who called you to tell you well, that Anna was born? my aunt actually sent me a text message. Congratulations, you've got a daughter, you know. You're kidding me. I'm not. And I was, as I think about how do you, you know, how did I deal with that? I look back on that and I was shut down. Yeah emotionally i just could not handle the pain of my life and so i would walk and walk and walk and pace these trails and these roads um and so we get to the uh um we got out of this eventually obviously but it wasn't from my end it was on jenny's end yeah because this the group that had said, yeah, we're, we've got your benefits, stop paying the benefits. Mm-hmm. And then the doctor bill came in from Anna's birth. And then they're like, well, we'll take that. We'll cover it. And Aunt Jenny was like, why didn't you cover it? Why, why, why didn't you cover it before? And, the, and they kind of just pushed it under the rug. And she said, no, give those to Bart. Let him deal with it. And they didn't. And then more bills started coming. Anna was born in February. More bills started coming in March and April. And she's like, why aren't you guys taking care of this? And at that time, I'm still with, you know, my buddy and I are still living in the apartment. So much has happened at this time that just the house fell through. My best friend ends up having cancer. I never even bothered to call him. I mean, I am Hmm. shut down. And, uh, Jenny and her friend and, a, and another single single woman uh, start talking, and they actually start saying, this doesn't feel right. And they got online and said, how do you know if you're in a cult? How do you know if you're in a, in a <laughs> where we're at right now? Yeah. And they, they found some things, and they're like, oh, my gosh, this is ticking Every all single one. the boxes. Yeah. And they got terribly horrified once again. The impression is this group can kind of know what we're thinking, know where we're at. They packed up the van, took Anna, the other family, and two kids. How old at this point? Oh, four months old. Actually, probably probably three months old at this point. Yeah, two months old. Off they go um, to South Carolina to stay with a relative. They call the next morning and say, "Hey, we're done with you, group. Leave us alone. Never call us again." We don't want anything to do with you. And so they called the group and said, we're done. But they didn't call us. And what they had read online is when 
when people get kicked out of a group like this, then who knows where they're at. And so Jenny and the women had left, but they didn't know if we were still... They had no trying. idea where you yeah, were. They, they, they didn't connect. So that actually, over time, I was pumped. I got a phone call that same day from my little middleman guy. Right. He basically said, I'm out. The women have left, and they've got nothing to do with us, and so I don't need to talk to you anymore. And I was pumped. I started vacuuming. I'm cleaning. I'm like, my wife is coming back. Right. I was pumped because at that point in my life, I had hit an ultimatum with God. I'm like, you have got to do something. Something has to change because I cannot keep living this way. There has to be something that needs to give. Either, God, you're with this group, and if so, then I'm get me back in because I want you and I want my family. Right. And and then it didn't matter. And it really was that order. Like, I'm like, I want you, I want my family. And if I never get my family, but I still get you, God, at least show up in my life. Yeah. So I can I can meet with you. So how long before you hear from Jenny after she leaves? The, it was a, it cult. was it was almost a month. It was over a month. Um but we started communicating I sent her a, a mess an email or a letter. Um, and I wrote a letter. I said, hey, here you go. And it was very, like, boom, factual, to the point. I am not in this group. I do not like these people. Right. All that. And um, and Jenny got it, and she was kind of like, ah, okay. You know, it didn't hit her in the heart, and she was not impressed, honestly. Right. Um, then she ends up uh, going to Florida to see her mom, takes Anna with her, and... I didn't hear from her, and I follow up, and I send her an email. And I'm like, in the email, I'm like, Jenny, I am so sorry that I've blown up this part of our life. Yeah. And um, and the email goes out, and uh, no response. Um, and then I'm I'm uh, I tell uh, one of my other friends is picking jenny up from the airport after she comes back from florida and i reached out to my friend i'm like can you talk to her i want to have a conversation with her i want to see her again i want to fix this but yeah. i'm not getting any response can you at least say something and so he did when he picked her up at the airport he said yeah bart really wants to see you he's got a day off coming up and can you guys get together so she heard that, but then got home and then he checked her email um, and uh, saw that email. Yeah. And instantly, that was the emotional connection, and she called me. Hmm. And so after eight months, my phone rings, and it's my wife. Yeah. First time you talked to her since? First time. And it was we talked for three hours. Yeah. And I, I had prayed. I'm like, I knew I've got a daughter. She's four months old at this point. Mm -hmm. um, I, how am I going to do this? How am I going to embrace my wife, engage my wife, and then my daughter that I've never met at the same moment? And I just, I had wrestled with that, but God worked it out. We talked on the phone for three hours and reconnected mm -hmm. emotionally, and also. You know, told stories, shared what's been going on, shared kind of where we're at. Um, and then the next morning, Jenny came by and brought and brought Anna to the apartment. 
Um, and uh, it was just the three of us. And I was able to give my wife a hug and then see my daughter for the first time. Wow. I'm guessing it was very emotional. <laughs> it was emotional. I'm almost... Yeah. You're getting yeah, emotional now. I am. Yeah. Okay. So this is a story. And then, you know, from there, we, we get back together and we realize, oh my gosh, that was crazy. And we need out of here. And I continued to work throughout the summer. And then in September, we're like, we're done. We're moving. Yeah. We're moving out. Where do we go? And we felt like God said, go to Colorado. And so 2005, we drove out here, rolled out here to Colorado and started a life, a life here. Yeah. And, um, we felt like God was saying, this is where we want you to be. Yeah. And, um, we had gone to some counseling and, and even in the counseling, our, our, our counselor said, yeah, that's a story. Yeah. But everybody's in their life. What's God doing now in your life? So that was, we felt like, yeah, we had a, we had a crazy story and we're going to never go back there to, to be a part of that story again. But, but our marriage wasn't really broken. We just kind of got in the wrong group. And so we were able to see God at work in our lives again and develop a community of friends here at Flatirons. Yeah. So you got help. All that. And health and healing and restoration. Totally. And I'm going to fast forward yes. uh, to this. You now, Anna, is 13? She's 11. She has turned okay. 12. Well, she's she's 12. She's almost. 12. She's 12 this year. Yeah. And Justin is? He's 10. Okay. So, and this stuff about write, write a passage stuff is right square where you're at right now. It is. Um, and then... You know, you're. I think you're with Chris Bruno in the Manmaker Project. I think you're doing some stuff with with Justin, and then I know that this is uh, a core for for Jenny too, and everything. Right. Uh, but I want you to get to something special happened over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and it yeah. directly relates to some stuff that needed to be healed, and what you and Jenny did with Anna. And going back to North Carolina. Yeah. So if you could tell us what that yeah. is. So we end up wanting to have a, a, a rite of passage process for both of our kids. Right. And with Anna, Jenny's primary. She's driving that as, as the, the mom. mom. And I am supporting 100%. So everything that Jenny did with Anna in those first, that first few hours of kind of explaining our story how she did that is it's her story honestly and it's hers to tell at, a, at maybe a different time but um the one piece of that initial process that was mine is when i brought that letter to uh, i wrote a letter for anna jenny gave that to her and in that letter i basically said i am so sorry that i wasn't there when you were born and if I have one chance, if I could, if I could do a do-over of one day on February twenty-second, two thousand five, I would have been at that hospital. And then, what did you guys do? What did What did Jenny do next? Then, so Jenny took her down to the beach, and it was a beautiful day. They just spent some downtime at the beach, relaxed. Came back from the beach, cleaned up, and then they were going to go to the hospital where Anna was born. And so they. 
are driving to the hospital, um, and what Anna doesn't know is that I'm waiting for her yeah. at the hospital. And uh, my my day getting to the hospital involved almost missing a flight. Mm. It involved Uber taking me to the wrong hospital when I get to Wilmington and having to get back across. The enemy trying to stop it every steal, kill, and destroy right. every bit of this redemption and restoration that yeah. we're trying to do. We get to the hospital and uh, and we had kind of talked briefly, cryptically. Okay, I'll meet in the lobby. Are you? I'll be there and. You know, and so the, I get to the lobby, and it's small, and there's people walking constantly. And I'm like, oh, I'll go. Here's this side hallway is much better. And so I go over there, and um, I see them coming up, you know, and then they turn down the hallway, and they kind of pause in the gift shop, and I come up behind them. Jenny sees me first. She knows I'm coming. And Anna turns and sees me, and she's like, Daddy! Big jump into my arms, and she's excited. And then a little bit confused, Daddy, where's Justin? You know, and, yeah. and and so she's excited and we hug and there's some tears and she's like, Why are you here? I'm like, This is my do over. Mm. I wanted to be here at the hospital for you and I want us to leave together. So we toured a bit and then yeah, we left together. Um That's great. And uh and then we go get some dinner, and we talk. I ask her about if we're driving. We're asking. I ask her what is what's what's happening. You know what happened today. Tell me about it. And she kind of gave me the high level version. Um, and then we get to dinner, and Jenny and I had picked it intentionally. We went back to the restaurant. To that restaurant still exists. Now, not as not, not as, as that, that one. Mean, it's the, a it's, restaurant. It's still a restaurant. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's a fantastic restaurant. Yeah. And I love food. <laughs> and so it was, we get there and we tell Anna, this is the restaurant that, that we worked at, but that has no meaning for her. Right. But this was for Jenny and I to kind of yeah. go back, push into these demons a little bit and yeah. just kind of see what, what's, what's there. And we've gone so far. It's been 10 years, 11 yeah. years. We're, we're well past that. And we get to the restaurant and... It is alive. It is full of people. Um, and I look at this, I'm like, this is a cool restaurant. I would I would come here on a regular basis. Um, so everything that you had hoped for from the beginning, being in this thriving restaurant yeah. community thing yeah. that didn't exist with the cult people, God has even redeemed that. Absolutely. Yeah. So it was cool to the hospital when we went there. It looked totally different. Yeah, it had been rebuilt. There was a new wing just for women. Yeah, the restaurant had been un- taken over. New management, new everything. It just was amazing. And as I journaled the next morning, I'm thinking about my time here. I'm sitting on a bench, looking at people driving, walking, shopping, exercising, and it just all felt fake to me. Yeah. This is this is I don't belong here. This is not my home. And yet it is a real place that God has redeemed. Mm-hmm. And people live there and God is working in their lives and it's amazing. Yeah. And so I was able to say this is it. This is these places have been redeemed. God has restored, brought life to what was dead for me 
is now alive. This place is alive. I, it has nothing on me. I can I can eat the restaurant, no big deal. Right. And then head home. And I look back on. Uh, I wrote it. I wrote to a friend. I said. I said this. This place is Egypt to me, mm-hmm. and God gave me an exodus to Colorado, yeah. and away from all that. And it just was an amazing, um, amazing weekend to experience all those things with Anna and to say, this is where you came from. This was the hard story you were born into. We want you to know that. Yeah. What a great end to one story and a beautiful beginning to another. Anna Lilly, Barton Jenny's daughter, is at the very beginning of her rite of passage process. Bart and Jenny have so much in store for her. Where that leads, only God knows. But as we heard today, it began in Wilmington, North Carolina, Bart and Jenny's Egypt, where God led them on their exodus, leaving their past to live in the land of promise. Promises like this one in Psalm 78, that if we utter hidden things, things from of old, things we have heard and known, things our ancestors have told us, we will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, His power, and the wonders He has done. The Promised Land. Next week, my son Ben will join me for the first time as we continue to look at the rites of passage. We'll look at a couple of things that we did when he was growing up and whether it made a mark or not. So what's interesting is that it felt so monumental. Um, it definitely feels monumental in retrospect. I knew something monumental was happening in the moment. What's interesting within our culture is the fact that I have that moment, but then it's like I go back to the same, you know, I go back to the same friends and the same school right. and the same church and the same relationship. And no large, heavy burden of responsibility is like foisted upon me right. after that rite of passage. This is Dan Foote. I hope you join us next week for Wake Up Call, the Flatirons podcast for men. <laughs>